Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Fantastic. All right, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 51. We're going to be reading a few scriptures this morning. And uh, I've titled my message this morning, I Will. I Will. Turn the person next to you and say, I Will. I will, I will, I will, I will. Luke chapter 9, verse 51, talks about Jesus, and it says, As the time approached for him to be taken into heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. You know, the word there means to set firm in the mind. And uh, he had a plan. He knew God's purpose for his life. And yet there was a decision of the will to press forward. We see this at Jesus at the Mount of Olives. The Bible says that before his crucifixion, he went up there to pray and his disciples were with him, but they fell asleep and he was there seeking the face of his father. And he makes this statement in Mark chapter 14, verse 36. He says, not my will, but your will be done. You know, the Apostle Paul speaks about his faith in these similar terms. He says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, he says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Who knows it's a good thing to forget what's behind, right? Forget what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly wood in Christ Jesus. You know that word press on? has two ideas that are attached to it. It means to pursue, to chase, to go after, but it also means to leave behind, to flee from all the things that would persecute me on the inside, those things that hold me back, those things that weigh me down. For what purpose, Paul says? For the prize, the great prize, the heavenly prize. You know, Church, the results of our faith are not built on false hope. Who knows that, right? Or they're built on big promises with little outcome. I read this the other night. If you were here Sunday night, you're going to hear this again. But I read this the other night. I thought I'd read it again. It's the only joke that I have this morning. So even if it's not funny, just give me a sympathetic laugh today. It's titled Sam's Last Will and Testament. Sam was dying. And so his nurse, his wife, and his daughter, and three sons were with him. He asked for two witnesses to be present and a tape recorder to record his last will and testament. And so in a frail voice, Sam began, My son Mick, I want you to take the Woodland Street houses. My daughter Mia, I want you to take the apartments in Keylor Road. And my son Paul... I want you to take the officers on Mount Alexander Road. And my third son, Scott, please take all the residential buildings on Park Street. 
Well, the nurses and the witnesses, they were blown away as they did not realise this man's extensive holdings. And as Sam slipped away, the nurse turned to his wife and said, my goodness, your husband must have been such a hard-working man to have accumulated all of this property. The wife rolled her eyes and said the twit had a paper round. Thank you for laughing here. Thank you for the crickets over here. <laughs> Nothing. What's that? Who knows what a paper round is? Am I that old that no one knows what a paper round is? Look it up. There is substance to our future. <laughs> Someone just got it. <laughs> there is substance to our future, amen? Not big words with a small outcome. Our faith has substance to it. Paul knew this and it would inspire him to move forward. You know, I learned a long time ago that Faith is not based on feelings. Many times we think our faith is feelings. If I feel it, then I'm in the zone and that God will move. What faith is not, it's not feelings. It's not ideas swirling around in your head. Faith is not a system to fit into your comfort zone. It's amazing how many times in life we find systems and responsibilities to fit into our comfort zone. Our faith in the Lord Jesus is not that. Your faith this morning is meant to stretch you. Your faith in Jesus Christ is meant to push you forward. It's designed to take you from one place to the next. Jesus Christ never ever allowed people to stay where they were. He always challenged them to move forward. Think about it. There are many times that God asks us to act before we see it, before we feel it, before we hear it. Our faith is not reactive, it's proactive. You know, many Christians in life live with a reactive faith. When things go wrong, oh God, I need faith to break through. Jesus talks about the man who wanted his son to be healed and he said, help my unbelief. And though Jesus responded, to the man's little faith, the reality is many times in life, our faith needs to move from being reactive to actually being proactive. Let me say this today, 2019, God wants you and I to take new ground. God wants you and I to climb new mountains. God wants you and I to forge new things in our lives. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. We don't want to live with a reactive faith, just dealing with issues. We want to know that our faith has moved us from point A to point B, that there are different mountains to climb in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, say amen this morning. There are many examples of this in the Word of God. People believing God before they saw it, before they felt it. Right, Elijah and the, the, the wonderful story of Elijah believing for rain. 1 Kings 18, verse 41 to 44. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there's the sound of heavy rain. He was saying that in the spiritual realm. And so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. 
He bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. Notice as he made the statement of faith before there was even a cloud in the sky. And the Bible says that the servant went up and he looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. And on the seventh time, the servant reported, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. Even before there was anything, Elijah spoke it into being. You look at Moses, God speaks to him about setting Israel free. The guy can't even speak properly. He's nervous, he's freaking out. Exodus chapter six, verse 28. Now when the Lord spoke to Moses in Egypt, he said to him, I'm the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I've told you. But Moses said to the Lord, since I'm speaking with faltering lips, why would Pharaoh listen to me? And then the Lord said to Moses, see, I've made you like God of Pharaoh and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Even before Moses had the confidence, the confidence to speak, God had already anointed him. Many times we want, on nat- we, many times we want natural confidence in order to forge into new seasons. Your faith is not based on feelings. It is based on the Word of God over your life. Jesus and His disciples, there's a crowd before Him. They've done miracles. And now it's getting late in the day. The people are hungry. The disciples, lack of faith, said, send them away. We don't know how to feed them. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, you feed them. Matthew 14, verse 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We've only got five loaves and two fish, they answered. And the list goes on. And we see that Jesus was able to do a miracle. Even before they saw it, God had spoken it into being. You know, the list goes on throughout the Word of God. You look at men and women of God that God used in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, God comes to Joshua and He says, be strong and courageous. Why would God say that to this man? Because he was freaking out on the inside to take the mantle of Moses. Your faith is not based on your feelings. It's not just based on an idea in your head. God wants to bring action to your faith in 2019. A decision, I will not accept my current circumstance. My God is bigger than what I'm dealing with right now. My purpose is higher than that. I will press on. And I call it the I wills of our faith. Not the I feel, not the idea or the I think, but the I will. I will act based on what God has spoken to me about. Right? The I wills of our faith. David often writes in the book of Psalms, I will. If you read in the book of Psalms what David writes, he went through great hardships and great challenges and a lot of difficulties. But many times in the book of Psalms, David says, I will praise you. Not I feel to praise you or maybe it's a good idea to praise you. I will praise you because I've made a decision of my heart that out of faith, I will declare that you are the God over my circumstances. I want to give you a couple of I wills out of the book of Psalms that I believe can serve you well and serve your personal faith in the Lord Jesus well today. And we're going to have a look at them this morning and then we're going to pray. But I believe really that God's going to speak to people this morning. And, uh, you know, maybe there are people here today, you've been climbing around the same mountain. You've been dealing with the same issue. And uh, maybe you're here today and maybe you don't have a full revelation of what Jesus Christ can do for you. Maybe today you think that Christianity is just an idea in the head. Maybe today you're in this place today and you're a feelings person and many times you just haven't felt it. Let me say to you today, 
push past your feelings. God wants you to be operating in a place of great faith. Right? The first one is this. It's the I will that breaks fear. It's the I will that breaks fear. You know, Psalm 3 verse 6, and there are many Psalms that are like this that David writes about. David says, I will not fear, though 10,000s assail me on every side. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. You know, David was often surrounded. It's not the first time that he writes about being out of his depth, being outnumbered, being beyond help, being in a place that the odds are not in his favour, but the odds are against him. He writes in another occasion in Psalm 91, verse 2 to 7, he says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare, from the de deadly pestilence, and He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. I'm telling you, he's nailing every fear. Nor the plague that destroys at midday. Look at this. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I will not fear, regardless of what I see, Regardless that the odds are not, not for me, the fact that I'm the minority, I will not fear because God is with me. He may be way over his head. He may be beyond what the natural can save him from. And I'm going to think about that. How do you get to that place? That place of I will that conquers fear in your life. The I will that doesn't buckle when the odds are against you. The I will that is resilient in times of trouble. There are many times that you don't feel it. It just has to be a decision of the will. I understand that God is faithful over my life and I don't need to feel it. I don't even need to see it. I'm basing my trust on the Word of God. I want you to notice the first three verses of this Psalm in Psalm chapter three. It says a David's Psalm when he fled Absalom. We know that story behind that. Verse two, Lord, how many are your foe, my foes? Many who rise up against me. Verse three, many who say of my life, no rescue for him through God. Selah, it kind of means a pause. Think about what David has said, right? And you, Lord, are a shield, are a shield for me, my glory, who lifts up my head. Church, you see, the will that I, that conquers fear, it's the I will that comes against the many. You know, fear feeds on the many. The faceless many. Many things are against me. The many that speak. David says, they say. You know, the many is just not people. The many are many things that speak fear into our lives. You know, one of the meanings of the words they say really means to say anything. In other words, 
Have you noticed with fear, it doesn't matter what it says, if it just says something, it freaks you out? It can say the most irrational, it can say the most crazy, it can most say the most illogical thing. It doesn't matter what fear says, the moment it speaks into your soul, it rattles you and it shifts you out of your sense of security with God. Look what David says, many who say of my life, there is no rescue for him through the Lord. In other words, many would say, God's not gonna take care of him. God's not gonna fix this issue. He's gone too far. He's way out on his own. The many is the faceless, the unquantifiable, the immeasurable. The many are just not people. The unscrutinized thoughts, the unaccountable feelings, the many feelings of inadequacy, the many issues surrounding in my head that cause me concern. Many that say, many, many people, the general consensus is that you're gonna fail. You know, it's actually the way the world operates at the moment in social media, right? Many are saying this. And you you often find that major companies, major companies shift policy because they have a false perception that the vast majority don't like this particular issue. I was talking to someone who used to be an editor for The Australian and he was saying that they've discovered something about Twitter accounts. And he was giving me this example. He said, you know, uh, there was a a report uh, in the paper about it, how major companies have shifted policy or shifted just silly little things. It's just silly things, right? Uh, On particular brands or their stance on certain things because there's been a backlash on social media. And when they've done the research on the backlash, say, on Twitter, they've realised that the thousands of Twitter angry responses have only come out of 50 Twitter accounts. And they're the same 50 Twitter accounts that seem to attack a number of different companies on a consistent basis. And so they're saying that there's a whole, there's a group of people out there that are creating the issue of many people. And so it's actually costing companies millions of dollars because they have a false perception of the many. Years ago, I learned to discount the phrase, many people are saying. I remember in church life when I first started pastoring, but I can remember it was one little issue. It wasn't even a big one. I think it was, it was something, the, either the war or it was something about the lights or whatever, just some minor issue in church life. And someone comes up to me and says, many people are saying that we're relying too much on the lights and the Holy Spirit has left the building, many people. And so now I've learned to say, who? Many. Can you introduce me to Mr. Many? You think about the way that fear operates in our lives. Many problems, many issues, many people are speaking against what God is doing. And I've just made a decision that I will not allow the enemy to give a false perception. And this is what David writes. He says, but you, God, are a shield for me, my glory who lifts up my head. I will not look at the many, I will look at you. 
I choose to ignore the many, the many feelings, the many issues, the many problems, the many false perceptions that I'm not in a good place, and I've made a decision that I will look to you, the author and the finisher of my faith. And I'll say this to you today, that in your faith in God, sometimes you've got to let go of the many and make a decision, I will look to you, I will trust you, I will put my hope in you, I will put my faith in you, you are the one who fulfills your promises, you are the one who is the author and the finisher of my faith, not the many feelings, not the many sicknesses, not the many problems, but you, God, are the ones who brings breakthrough in my life, you know. Can I encourage you today, in your faith of the Lord, I will not look at the many, but I will look to the Lord, my God. The second one is this, right? It's the I will that invites peace into our world. It's the I will that conquers fear, but it's also the I will that invites peace. Psalm verse four, chapter four, verse eight, it says, in peace I lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Don't you love that? In peace I lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety, right? The I will to have peace. The I will that no matter what circumstances that I go through, that he's, he's the one who gives me peace that surpasses all understanding. Again, you need to look at the whole psalm. I love what David writes in verse three. He says, know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call him. You know, there are just some things in life that if you want to have peace, you have to make peace with yourself. Right? How can you have peace if you don't make peace on a few issues that you struggle with in life? a peacemaker with yourself. You know, we often talk about being peacemakers and we've been called to bring peace into the world. But let me say this, if you, how can you bring peace into the world if you are not at peace in yourself? One of the first things we often say to couples that want to get married, we say, how can you lead someone else if you don't have the ability to lead yourself? Right? How can you bring peace if you are not at peace? How can you bring unity if you are not at unity within yourself? How can you bring harmony to the world if you are not in harmony on the inside? And David highlights two issues here that are worth looking at this morning. And they have to do with forgiveness and resolving personal issues. The first one is this whole idea of his own standing with the Lord. He talks about this. He says, know that the Lord, he says in verse four, chapter four, verse four, he says, tremble and do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your heart and be silent. Right, tremble and do not sin. So watch over our lives, right? We understand that. When you're on your bed, search your heart and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous. Offer sacrifices and trust in the Lord. In the Old Testament, the way that they, the reason they would offer sacrifices was to make their life right again before the Lord to deal with the sin and to deal with the, the brokenness and to deal with the inadequacies. And they would come to the Lord and they'd offer uh, a sacrifices in the temple environment. What's David saying? 
He's saying, deal with the stuff in our lives. Offer sacrifices, right? Come to God. Ask for His forgiveness. Allow Him to come and bring healing and breakthrough in your life. But once you have done that, move on. Move on. The Bible says that God takes our brokenness and when we ask for His forgiveness, He casts it into the sea that as far as the east is from the west, it would never come and taint our lives because that is the power of the blood of Jesus over our lives. Now we understand this theologically, but I've got to tell you, there's so many people that I often talk to in life that God has forgiven them. They have resolved stuff, but they still carry the guilt and the weight of their past. I will decide that God has forgiven me regardless of how I feel. I don't feel like it. doesn't matter what your feelings say. I still feel shame. doesn't matter what your feelings say. Have you asked for forgiveness? Yes, I have. Have you come to God and you've laid it before His feet? Yes, I have. Have you recognised your own need for Him? Yes, I have. You know, one of the words for sin is the word, it means to miss the mark. In other words, no matter what you do, you can never ever get there on your own, right? You come to God, you say, God, I've missed the mark again. God, I've messed up again. God, I've stuffed up again. And God comes to you and He says, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna offer sacrifices. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. I don't need to offer sacrifices anymore, but I can come to the Lord and say, God, I ask for your forgiveness. I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. I've messed up. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would cleanse me, that you would wash me clean. God says, as far as from the east is from the west, so I've removed your sin from you. Guess what? The next day, regardless of whether you feel like it or not, you're done, you're forgiven, move on. Move on. Don't sit there with the guilt. That's the enemy. Don't sit there with the shame. That's the enemy. Move on. Move on. Be at peace in yourself. Have this sense in you that God has dealt with those issues in your life. David goes on. It's not only the forgiveness that you need to put over your own life, but it's all the forgiveness that you offer to other people. The way that we deal with others in our lives. He makes this interesting statement at the end. And I believe these two issues here are often one of the greatest things that cause unrest in our spirit. Many, here we go again, many. Many, Lord, are saying, who will bring us prosperity? Who will bring us prosperity? Right? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy. When their grain and new wine abound, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Well, what's the point? He says, many will say, who will bring us prosperity? In other words, people aren't getting blessed. They want the blessing of God. So they're looking at they're going, our life is not great. Our life is struggling. We need breakthrough. We need healing. We need wholeness. We need abundance. We need the blessing of God. And so the blessing of God comes and blesses those people. And David writes, fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In other words, I will be at peace when I have arrived at a place where I'm, where I'm okay, where other people are being blessed, but I'm not. I will be at peace when I'm at a place where other people are being blessed, other people are seeing their breakthrough, 
but I'm still on my journey with the Lord, I've made a decision that I will not play the comparison game. I have to be at peace at my own journey in God. Church, this is a big one. David is at peace. David is saying, give me joy, not for my wine, not for my abundance. Give me joy for someone else's abundance. You understand what I'm saying this morning? Right? Give me joy. Let me feel peace on the inside, not because my life is in order, but because other people's lives are in order. It's a big one. It's an act of the will that I will be confident in God's plan for my life. Let me say this. You can only say that when you are completely secure that you are in your own lane and God has anointed you. He's put His plan upon you. He's put His purpose upon you. And you know what? You don't care what happens around you, but you are confident in God's plan and God's anointing and purpose for your life. I gotta say, the many times we get so insecure because we look at other people, we look at other blessings and look at what's happening in other people's lives. Mate, you know, again, social media is such a strong thing that just causes mental breakdown in people. They look at other people's Instagram accounts and other people's perfection accounts and all, and we go, oh, why can't that happen to me? And you know, it just causes unrest and a lack of peace into our lives. Can I say this? Be confident in your lane that God has given you. It may not be perfect. You may be on your journey. You may have challenges that you have to deal with, but you are confident in God's plan and purpose for your life. You don't need to have everything perfect to have joy. You celebrate in other people's success because you are confident in God's lane for your life. Let me say this. God's purpose for your life is as strong and as resilient as any other purpose that God has for any other human being on the face of the earth. Right. And you actually come into a place of peace. <clears throat> come into a place of peace in your own life. You say, God, I thank you for the lane that I'm in. I thank you for the journey that you've put me on. I may not be the greatest blessed. I may have challenges and issues that I'm dealing with right now. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I'm in your plan and your purpose. And I celebrate other people's success because I know that one day I'm going to walk into my own. You know. Church is a great challenge. It's a great challenge for all of us. You know, I, I will have to say, though, I do love the fact that when we had this prophetic guy come last week, two weeks ago, that other people were celebrating in other people's words. And we may change it up again next time he comes in terms of making a more random approach. But, uh, you know, just seeing the church celebrate in other people's success, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. By the way, we've almost locked him in for 2018, 2019. So it's going to be fantastic, right? Um, the second idea I see out of this is the great test of our forgiveness in other people for our lives. And, uh, you know, all of us struggle with unforgiveness. We struggle with the fact that people hurt us and when people, you know, do the wrong thing for us. And many times, many times we, we kind of think unforgiveness has to do with our feelings. Yes, God resolves those feelings, but what is the great test that you have resolved unforgiveness in your life? I reckon this is a great test, right? It's very simply this, that you enjoy other people getting blessed when they have hurt your life but you have forgiven them. 
you know whether you have dealt with that air of unforgiveness when you look at them and you may not understand it, but God is blessing them and you say, praise God, I thank you, God, that you are blessing their life. I know that I have resolved this issue of unforgiveness in my heart. You know, one of the things that the Bible commands us to do and that is to forgive other people. Right now, we understand that, right? But often, we often relate to unforgiveness with our feelings and are all my feelings gone when it comes to this person? Yes, it is attached to those feelings to a certain degree, but the big one is, is that you actually celebrate the success of people that have hurt your life. And you go, you know what? Praise God that God is using them. I know that I've resolved this unforgiveness in my life. I've got to tell you, Frank, or not, we've had many people hurt us, like you, you know? Many different people that have hurt us throughout the years. You know, people that we put our trust in, people that we put our hope in, people that unintentionally hurt us, people that just get it wrong. They think they're doing the right thing and they get it wrong. And, and hurt comes back into our world, failed expectations. Um, the reality is I know whether I've passed the forgiveness test when I actually want them to succeed. I know that I've passed the forgiveness test when no longer I go, God, I pray that you'd send down fire and brimstone and just wipe them off the face of the earth. <laughs> right, when that vengeful attitude is dealt with, right, when I know that I've arrived at that place, God, I pray that you make them successful. God, I pray you bring blessing into their life. God, I pray that they would walk in your favour more than what they ever have before. When I know that I can pray that prayer with no malice in my heart, I know that I've passed the forgiveness test. And this is the point. This is the point that David is making on the basis of our attitudes towards other people. When we get that aligned with the Word of God, church, we are the ones who can lie down at night in peace and safety. I would say is one of the greatest areas that brings a lack of peace in our life is the way that we deal with the way other people have treated us. And I've seen people that have lived with unforgiveness for years. And you know what? That person keeps going on their life. They, they don't even realise maybe that this person has not forgiven them, but they keep moving on. But the bitterness and the hurt and the pain just robs the peace into their lives. Church, let me say this. You are the one that gets hurt the most when you hang on to unforgiveness. Let it go. It's the thing that keeps you up at night. It's the thing that takes away your joy. It's the thing that just causes frustration in your world. God does not want you and I to live like that. I'm not saying to you today, you better forgive people. I'm not talking about a law attitude. I'm talking about a general peace attitude, a sense of well-being and comfort and forgiveness that when you just let it go when it comes to other people, when you want other people to be successful and to be blessed, you are the one that has incredible peace and a sense of confidence in your own world. You know, two weeks ago, we had that prophet Mike made and, you know, he told some of his story, but he talks about how his church went from nothing to four or 5,000 people in a very short amount of time. And then one of his administrators who was handling the finances basically embezzled $20 million, right? He went from 5,000 down to 150 within a few weeks. Right, so the graph went the other way. And uh, he talks about going for two years of just going through, you know, depression and mental anguish and, and things like that. To make matters worse, there was another church down the road in the same city that was started to actively preach against him and his church. 
So the guy's already down and other Christians decide to kick him while he's down. We kind of have a habit of doing that, don't we? Oh, moving on. Not this congregation, but just the <laughs> church of God worldwide. And here he is, and he's, he's, he's down for the count, and this pastor is still preaching actively against him. He just made a decision, I'm going to deal with unforgiveness, I'm going to resolve this issue in my heart. And so he started to pray for the pastor, started to bless him, God, I pray you bless him. God, I pray you just put your hand upon him. Years later, when he started to recover and the church started to grow again, that pastor was still preaching against him, right? To one day, things happened in that particular gentleman's world where he had to step out of ministry and a whole bunch of stuff happened in that particular church down, down the road from him. And this church was a large church, had a large auditorium. And he said, you know what? He goes, it was amazing because he goes, a few years later, just through a series of events, we were offered that building free of charge. That building was probably worth about 15, 20 million dollars. They handed the whole thing over to us and now we are in the building of the man who preached against us for many years. Right. Well, I think that's pretty good. Now, I'm not saying that's the goal of unforgiveness. <laughs> God, that guy that's hurt me, his new Merc, I pray to my driveway tomorrow. I'm not saying that's the God, but what I am saying is that God does open doors when we resolve the issues in our heart. You know, the Bible says of, of Israel, I love this scripture in the Psalms, it says that they fell heir to the inheritance of Egypt. I love that. They've just fell heir to it. They kind of just stumbled on it. Many times we want these things. We, God, give me this ministry and give me this opportunity and give me this stuff and if you just resolve the issues in your heart, not only will you have peace on the inside, but you know what? You just fall air. You just land in the right place. I think one of the greatest things that show us that God is in control in our lives is that we just land in the right place. Come on, who's, who wants that for your life? Who knows that you can't be smart enough to navigate every scenario, every situation, every problem? Who knows that you're not, you're not brainy enough to make it. You don't know what's around 2019. You don't know what's around in 2020. But you just make a decision in your own heart. God, you know what? I'm going to celebrate other people's success. You know, I'm going to make sure that even people that have hurt me, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to pass the forgiveness test. God, let them succeed. Bless them. Encourage them. Put your hand upon them, I pray. When I know that I've done that, not only do I lie in peace and safety, but I also know that God opens doors that no man shuts and God shuts doors that no man opens as well that I just fall heir to the very things that God wants to bring into my world, you know? Can I encourage you today? Let's make a decision of the will when it comes to the peace of God in our lives. Many of us here today, we want peace. God, we pray for peace. We want to sleep well. We want to have peace on the inside. How can we be peacemakers if there's not sense of peace and uh, uh, unity and harmony on the inside? One of the great ways that God does that is the way that we treat other people. And when we make that decision, we say, I will, regardless of my feelings, I will I tell you, church, there are people that I've prayed for that at the beginning, mate, I did not feel like praying for these people at all. <laughs> you say, really, pastor? Yes. <clears throat> Just made a decision every day. God bless them. God bless them. God bless them. Until I actually became a conviction, I really wanted God to bless them. 
you know. Uh, for me, personally, they are blessed. But for me, personally, I'm blessed because there's a peace of God on the inside that I did not have before. God wants to give you that peace today. But you have to be intentional about it. I will deal with the many's in my life because I will not fear and I will lie down in peace and safety because I've made a decision to resolve those issues in my heart. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.